Welcome to the LBC podcast, where we explore Christian theology and the practice for building up God's family. My name's Eric. I'm the lead pastor uh, at LBC, and with me is the older statesman, uh, the better-looking statesman, John Harrell. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yes, I'm John Harrell, the worship director at LBC. Yes, and he's so excited as the elder statesman to be here with us. <laughs> Uh, today, we'll be tackling the topic, the topic of embracing singleness. And uh, we know there's many forms of singleness, from widows to people who have been divorced. And we want to acknowledge that that's hard and offers us rare circumstances in life that's hard to be identified with. Uh, but on this podcast, we have two guests to help us explore uh, some of the different feelings and uh, behaviors that happen to our Christian brothers and sisters that are single. And what we want to do is ask them, you know, how as a church can we understand? How can we be helpful but not hurtful? Uh, and how can we just kind of understand what's going on better? And with us today, we have Josh White, who recently graduated with his MDiv. And so he's super smart, super good looking, and loves Jesus. Say hi, Josh. You're too kind. <laughs> Seriously, though, it's good to be here. It's been a little while since I've been on the podcast, so it's good to be back. Okay. Also with us, we have Ashley Mencius, the better-looking Mencius, who has been coming to LBC, and uh, it's been exciting to get to know her, and she's here today. Say hello, Ashley. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm really excited to dive deep into this topic because I am a professional single person, according to my brother and everyone who knows me. So, yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> well, let's just start the podcast by acknowledging that we don't listen to Kevin um, and that you're not a professional. You just have high standards, okay? And I want that for my daughters. High standards, hold out. I understand. He's just your brother. <laughs> I think I think this is already the the better intro that we've ever done on the podcast. <laughs> the amount of people we've been able to cover alone right here is is awesome. Um, well, hey guys, Josh and and uh, what's your name, Ashley? Just kidding, Josh and Ashley. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us on here today, and I know that we're going to have a lot of fun. And you know, our, our our first question is rooted on the topic of time. Um, you know, I I know that. Uh, you know, I've got four kids, a wife, we're all home all the time in quarantine. And it just between work and parenting and being a spouse, it feels like, you know, we just have no time in the world. And we got to always jump from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. Um, for, for someone who has the luxury, I would call it, <laughs> of, you know, just caring for yourself and nobody else is really at your heels all the time, or nobody's begging you for you know, goldfish crackers all day long. Um, you know, how do you, how do you stay busy during this time? Um, that's probably on a, on, a, on a lot of people's minds. And I just want to start off the conversation with that question. Um, Josh, let's, let's start with you. During this season, um, how do you stay busy um, with your time? Um, how do you stay busy in the word? Do you find time in the word and the spiritual disciplines? What does that look like for you? Yeah, absolutely. That's a, a great question. As you mentioned, you know, for for those who are quarantined with families, it can be almost more chaotic right now than it than it uh, usually even may be. And so it can kind of be different for singles, um, especially like myself. I just live by myself, so um, I'm not taking care of anyone else. Um, so yeah, for me staying busy, it's really a matter of choosing activities that I enjoy and also um, prioritizing the right things as well. Um, so, you know, I'm really thankful to still be able to work right now, but even still, I still have probably a lot more free time than I did before. And so I have to kind of figure out how to use that free time so that it's going to be beneficial throughout the day. And I think, you know, a key part of that is going to be being committed to spending time in the word and in prayer every, every single day. Just because you um, have more time to do so doesn't mean that it takes any less effort to mm -hmm. do that. 
Um, it still takes just as much effort to make sure you're committed to spending time in the word and in prayer. One of my favorite quotes right now is from Charles Spurgeon um, when he said, the most important daily habit we can possess is to remind ourselves of the gospel. Mm. Uh, whatever season of life you're in, I believe that that's true. And we do that by being committed to spending time in the word, spending time in prayer, getting that in daily. So that's certainly an important aspect of it. And with it, understanding that the gospel is, is everything we need and so much more as well. And, and the gospel um, addresses all the problems that we have, especially the problems that we face within singleness as well. And so that's like the foundation of how I like to kind of start my day. On a more practical note, one thing I really try to do is I try to do different activities throughout the day instead of just doing one activity for the entire day. So like I try not to binge watch Netflix like all day. Um, I try to just just choose things that I like doing and kind of spend like maybe an hour or two on those things throughout the day. And switching from those different activities kind of keeps my mind focused, I find. So like I might watch Netflix for a little bit. I might go on a walk for a while. Like I might read a book for a while. That's another way that I keep my mind kind of entertained is reading a book on something that I enjoy. Um, so in general, I find for me that it's best with the extra time to feel that with multiple activities that I can do throughout the day. Because when I'm, you know, giving into like just binge watching something all day, oftentimes I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be my best. I'm not gonna really probably feel healthy when I do that, you know? So I like to, I like to <laughs> spread out those different activities throughout the day. You mean hours and hours and hours of Netflix watching doesn't leave you in a healthy state? No, it doesn't. And unfortunately, okay. <laughs> it, it, it often leaves you off worse than, than when you started. Okay, good. That's really good. Good to note there. That's good. Thank you, Josh. Those are, those are great, great examples. And uh, thank you for sharing that insight in, into your life. Ashley, what about you? How are, um, how are you staying busy these days? How do you find time for the spiritual disciplines as well in your life? Yeah, at first it was pretty difficult because I, so I'm like a busybody type person. Like I like to be active. I like to be social. I like to go out and do things. You know, I like to be out with my friends. And so especially being quarantined, it has been really difficult. And I, so I had to go from the mentality of, okay, what are my priorities for the day? Lord, how can you lead me today? What is something new or something different? Something exciting. So for me, I need something exciting to kind of keep me going. Um, and so I was able to just reevaluate, okay, what are, what are my goals? What are goals that I've set for myself that I kind of put behind me or that I've delayed or that, you know, I kind of just abandoned because I've been so busy or whatever. Um, but recently, so so one thing for me that's been really exciting is I'm thinking about pursuing masters and furthering my education. So that alone is kind of a big project that I've been able to tackle with keeping myself busy. And I think like the time is now and everybody's encouraging me, Ashley, you're single, you don't have kids, you know, you can pick up and move to another state if you wanted to, <laughs> you know, and it really wouldn't affect a spouse. It wouldn't affect your kids. So, you know, this would be the best time to transition or to make that kind of transition. So things like that, I think for me, just being someone who likes to set goals, what's something that I can do today to move forward uh, to, you know, what's one step that I can take to draw closer to that goal. So I think for me, that's it. But even practically, like on a daily basis, I have a roommate. Thankfully, I couldn't imagine living on my living on my own. So kudos to you, Josh, because I don't know how you do it. <laughs> I would go crazy if I didn't have a roommate. Um, so we'll cook new recipes. We'll have a dance party in our living room. <laughs> we'll uh, watch We'll watch a girly there. movie together and cry. <laughs> um, but just things like that. But also, you know, we'll pray together. We'll talk, we'll confess to each other. We'll have some serious, you know, midnight conversations of like, you know, this is what I'm struggling with. This is what I need prayer for. I had a really bad day today and this is why. And so, I don't know, I would just say that for, that's what it's looked like for me. 
Wow, awesome. Well, those are some great answers. And, and Josh, I would encourage you to have a dance party. I could see it really helping you in the long run. Just um, me and my dog. Yep. <laughs> I don't encourage you to uh, cry at girly movies because there's no girl there to verify that you were crying kind of on her behalf. So, <laughs> yeah, stay away from that one, but definitely the dance party. Maybe next podcast, you could tell me how that goes. Yeah. So, we'll see. Okay. Building off that question is, you know, what's the hardest part of the day for you? So if I'm listening to Josh, you know, he doesn't want to binge watch. He doesn't want to procrastinate. If I'm listening to Ashley, she wants to keep things exciting. Uh, she doesn't want to get too bored. And so my question would be, as you're seeing what things you're trying to do, what's the hardest part of the day for you, Ashley? Yeah, for me, so I was actually recently convicted by Psalm 90:12, which says to teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And so for me, I was convicted of just not adding value or purpose to my day. It was kind of like, I'm more focused on keeping myself busy versus, you know, genuinely serving the Lord and seeking ways to grow and to learn and to mature in my faith. And um, so that, so for me, it's, I would wake up some days and just be on social media and I would be like, oh man, is, is this what I'm going to do all day? Like, God, what is the purpose? Where is the value in that? How am I growing, you know, learning, maturing in that way? And I wasn't, you know, I, so I literally had to, so I've been on like a two week social media break already. I literally had to cut that out and realize, okay, Ash, there are greater things you can be doing. And that's kind of what brought me back to my goals of, you know, pursuing masters or, you know, calling a friend. Um, but also I just, so I'm like an all or nothing type person. I'm either super, super productive or I'm sleeping. <laughs> like, it's hard to find like an in-between for me. It's either I'm go, 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 or I am out <laughs> and don't talk to me. Don't bother me. I need sleep. Um, so that was one for me in the beginning. It was hard for me to avoid sleeping in and um, taking naps all the time because that's what I would do normally on my downtime. Um, and so now, now that I have all this free time, you know, I can't just keep turning to taking naps. Um, but um, yeah, I would just say uh, for me, the hardest part was I have days where it's hard for me to find value and purpose and um, you know, the Lord has been able to really change my heart and my attitude and remind me, like, I need to take advantage of the time that I have. Um, I need to, you know, I can be productive with all this time and really just seeking the Lord and how to use my time wisely. So, yeah. Wow, that, that was a great answer. Uh, I think that's a struggle, struggle for all of us is those lulls of non-production uh, that turn into three, four, five hours of non-production. You know, and uh, taking time to evaluate uh, how can I find purpose in this time slot, you know. So that was a great answer, Ashley. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, Josh, why don't you kind of share with us for you how that looks? Yeah, sure. I mean, she crushed, crushed that question. So I don't really know how I'm going to follow it up, but I'll give it a shot. Um, so, you know, kind of the funny thing, I guess, is that I, I'm actually more introverted than most people know. No, no. <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that most people, because they see me in a lot of social settings with my role at church, they just will maybe naturally assume that I'm really outgoing, that I'm very like extroverted when really I'm not. I'm very, very introverted. And so with that, the, the you know, shelter and home stuff to a certain extent hasn't been like as much of a, a challenge, I guess, for me in that sense. But I was honestly, I was kind of shocked at how difficult it has been to, mm. to like work from home and stuff, just because there are so many distractions um, at home. I just, I feel like I'm so much more productive when I'm working actually at work in my office, you know? And so, you know, not that this is necessarily the hardest part, but I think one difficult thing is, yeah, there's just, there's so much opportunity right now just to procrastinate on things that I should be doing or just to, to kind of give in to like just binge consuming like entertainment. And mm. it, it's hard because there's so much, there's so much digital content that we can access these days. It's easy to fill our time with that. 
Um, but oftentimes that's all that it ends up being is just kind of a, um, a filler of time. And even more than that, oftentimes it, I think it, it acts as kind of a distraction from maybe a bigger problem. Um, and so I think the bigger problem with the procrastination and, and the binging is a really difficult part of singleness is, is loneliness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and oftentimes the, the way that singles cope with loneliness is by like binge watching uh, just entertainment because it, it, it's an easy distraction. It's a easy to kind of get out of your head that way. Um, but ultimately it will leave you feeling uh, dissatisfied. Um, and really I think without joy as well. And so I think for a lot of singles, um, the, the hardest part of their day is loneliness. And I've definitely experienced that. Um, you know, in my life. And I think it's difficult because, you know, most like married people are probably thinking like, I would kill for some alone time. Like I would love to be alone, you know? And so I think a lot of people don't understand how crippling loneliness can, can be um, and how detrimental it can be just to your own health if you, if you don't deal with it properly. And so I think within that, that loneliness, that's one of the reasons that it's such a blessing that God has given us himself, for one, but he has also given us the church as well. As singles, we need both of those things. And in the, the, the gospel, just like everything else, the gospel ad- addresses loneliness. Um, and so we need to know that we need to believe that. But I think for a lot of people, myself inclu- included, lone- loneliness can be a really difficult part of the day. Yeah. Yeah, Josh, I think you articulated something really well there is uh, loneliness doesn't get talked about a lot. And it's interesting when I hear uh, married people say they feel lonely. And so it's more than a physical presence. Yeah, it's the some type of attachment or connection emotionally and spiritually to other people. And yeah. so um, I'm grateful that I've seen both of you connect well into church. And I think that's a great model to be followed. Um, I didn't grow up single, but I grew up with a single mom and she was in the church a lot. And, you know, to me, I just thought it was awesome. I went around and all these people gave me candy and, you know, rubbed my head and told me I was cute and pinched my cheeks. I was like, all right, if I get food and candy, like, that's awesome. So I think my mom would also say that as well to have that connection because it's not just a physical body. It's also having a connection that someone to talk to, someone to listen to, uh, to be a part of someone else's life, not just have a physical body, you know, in close proximity. Well, Eric, on a Sunday morning, if you ever need me to rub your head and pinch your cheeks, just let me know. I'll be there for you. Wow. My wife's going to be so excited. <laughs> Very good. Hey, uh, Josh, you, you hit on an interesting point, and it uh, is a very important point. It's a good segue into um, my next question, which has everything to do with the church. I mean, you guys are attending a church and you're a part of the body of Christ, which means you're a part of other, you know, a group that's full of all kinds of people who are single for various reasons and all kinds of people who are married. And, uh, you know, this is your time now. This is your moment for all the single people in the world to stand on your soapbox and answer this simple question. What do you wish married people knew about the single life? Um, because, you know, Lord knows that there are a lot of Christian married, well-meaning couples who are out there to cure this disease of singleness, quote unquote, uh, you know, and there can be a lot of really well-meaning things that happen in the church that really fall flat and sometimes are harmful. So now is your chance to answer that question. Josh, we'll start with you. What do you wish married people knew about the single life? Yeah, such a great question. I'm so excited to answer this question. so i i think one of the main things as i kind of thought through this question as like an overarching thing is that you know for married people to understand 
and the church to understand at large too, that singleness isn't a disease that needs to be cured. I think sometimes we kind of view it like it, like it is, you know, a disease that needs to be cured. Or maybe to put it another way, sometimes it's like the church can kind of look at singles and, and it's kind of like, it's kind of like, what's wrong with you? We need to fix that, you know? So it's kind of almost viewed as like a problem that, that needs to be fixed sometimes. And to be clear, though, you kind of mentioned this already, John, too, is that I, I, I think it comes from the best of intentions. I think that married couples within the church genuinely want to see singles find a spouse that's godly to spend the rest of their life with. I think that the intentions are good. And, you know, we, we all know that Eric is dying to meet Josh White Jr. Damn. I just want to hold him in my hands and throw him in the air and catch him and then sneak some candy in his mouth and give him back to you. Or Joshina. <laughs> yeah. Joshina White. Yeah. Absolutely. So I, I, I say that to say there's a, there is a serious aspect to that, to, that like, yeah, singleness isn't a disease that needs to be cured. It's not like a problem that needs to be fixed, you know, right. but it comes from the best of intentions. I think married people really do want to see uh, single people find spouses and have godly marriages and raise godly kids. Um, I think part of the solution, though, is, realize, is for married people to realize that marriage isn't what I need most. Um, and to be honest, marriage isn't what any of us need most. What we all need most is the gospel and to become, to become more holy. And God uses marriage to do both of those things. And God uses singleness to do both of those things yeah, as good. well to, to varying degrees. And so I think part of that solution is, is understanding, you know, that, Marriage is a, is a great gift from God. It's an institution that he established to be beautiful and to accomplish his sovereign purposes. But that's ultimately not what I need most in my life. And to give you a, a bigger perspective, think about the fact that you as a person will exist forever. Just like think about that statement. You will exist forever. Now, the majority of your existence does not include marriage because Jesus says in Matthew twenty-two thirty that after the resurrection and the next life, there, there is no marriage. That's, that's not a, it's not something that endures mm-hmm. to the next life. I'm not saying that you won't know your spouse in the next life, yada, yada, yada. Obviously, we don't have time to get into the theology of that right now, but the majority of your existence, you're, you're not going to be married. And so I say that to say that singleness isn't as strange as sometimes we maybe think it is or make it out to be, you know, and that marriage is temporary and God uses, God uses both of those things to grow us in holiness and to draw us closer to himself, you know? And so I think that, I think that, you know, there are, there are helpful things that that um, married people can do towards singles, and there's also hurtful things as well. So, Josh, what are some of those things? What are what are some some helpful things that you see in the church, and what are some things that you're seeing in the church that can sometimes be hurtful? Yeah, sure. There's there's kind of a handful of things um, that I thought of. I'll start with kind of maybe some of the. We'll start with the hurtful things. And then we'll, we'll get the painful stuff out of the way. Yeah, let's we'll do that. On, we'll move on to the helpful stuff. Are you Chastise just going to say blank, 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 Eric, blank, 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 Eric? Is that, is that how this is going to go? No, I probably that one time when Eric did this? Not, not at all. Okay, so, okay. so some things, and I'll kind of, as we get further down the list, I'll kind of, I'll go into a little bit more depth what, of what I mean. But, you know, I think some potentially hurtful things that, that can happen is, one, if you, you as a married person are always trying to set up that person with someone else, um, that single person may like that, but they also may not want you to do that. So I think that's one thing that potentially can be hurtful. Let me uh, qualify that really quick. 
I'm sorry, Josh. <laughs> when I see a pretty younger girl, I'm like, she needs to meet Josh. It's just the natural first thought I have. And, and then I, I look to my wife and I say, do you think she would go well with Josh? Doesn't matter if I'm in Southern California, Northern California, or Kenya. Yes, Josh, Kenya. I'm going, maybe she could be the one. I don't yeah, think I don't, I, I you're don't. depressed. I don't think you're miserable. I just, for some reason, think like, oh, man, it's part of my job to help Josh, even if he doesn't want it. But I can clearly see I need to back off, man. I'm sorry. It's very thoughtful of you. No, and, and a lot of these, a lot of these are, you know, I wasn't going to get this necessarily till the end. A lot of these are, are depend, they can be hurtful depending on the person. And that's the important thing that I want to stress with married people is that the most important thing is that you need to be intentional and in, in knowing what singles, mm -hmm. you know, like and what they, and what they don't like, you know, to be honest, all of these, I experience all of these, you know, so-called hurtful things, but I know that it comes from um, very loving intentions um, in from the people in my life. And so a lot of things on this list for me are not personally hurtful because I know the people in my life who are doing these things and I know where they're coming from when they do them. But that's not the case for, for, for everyone. Some people really don't like being, you know, maybe set up with someone else. Some other ones that I thought of too is just for example, like if you're always bringing up like their singleness in your conversations, <laughs> somehow that can be, um, certainly frustrating um, to them potentially um, if you're always joking about them being single in front of them <laughs> that can be uh, that can be hurtful um, as well and then you know one of one of the main things that I thought with this is I think a big one that can be hurtful it is not inviting someone who's single to hang out because you assume that they don't want to hang out with married people. And mm. to be honest, the not being invited hurts more than just the potential of you only being the, you being the only single person there. Um, and so- Hold on, hold on. Let me, yeah. let me, let's repeat that. That's huge. So if, if you're not listening, I'm gonna, we're going to go over that again. And I think it's big because I've struggled with that. Like, mm -hmm. do I ask them? Do they want to be around a bunch of married people talking about kids? And you almost talk yourself out of it. And what Josh is saying is it's better to have the awkward conversation and give them the opportunity to make the decision. Is that true, Josh? Yeah, absolutely. If they really feel uncomfortable, then... I would let them be the one to say no from my personal perspective. Um, I'm in a place in my life where I genuinely don't care about going to a group and who's, are there going to be singles there or is it just going to be married people? Personally, mm -hmm. that doesn't bother me. So, so in that sense, it's just, I just want to hang out with people, you know, and, and I just want to see the people that I love and spend time with them. And so like, to me, it doesn't matter like whether or not I'm the only single person there. I just want to spend time with people and, and to build those relationships. And so it ends up being more hurtful when you're just not invited to something because it was like a couple's thing, you know? Um, right. And so that's where I would encourage, you know, with a lot of these things, I would encourage, you know, the married people, like you have to be intentional with singles and, and your relationship with them should not be solely based on like what their relationship status is. There, there's so many more important things in your relationship than whether or not that person is single mm -hmm. or married. And so you need to be intentional with that person and to be honest, like, if you build a good enough relationship with someone, you're probably not going to have to bring up whether or not they're seeing someone. Because if you have a good enough relationship with someone, they're going to want to tell you those things when they happen, most likely, you know, 
And so I would refrain from, you know, making that like a part of your conversation every single time, like you're talking with that person and just try to get to know that person for who they are and for what they like doing and the things that they enjoy, you know, and stuff like that. And so that's some, that's some things that are hurtful, um, potentially gauge those things, be intentional with singles, some things that are helpful we mentioned this already I would say as a married couple you may already understand this but I would say understand how crippling loneliness can be for singles um, and I, I would say with that the practical application is don't underestimate how much a text can mean to someone it seriously can mean so much to, to someone to just reach out to them and just say hey how are you doing like today what's going on like in your life you know, I'm so thankful to have so many people in my life who have done that for me, you know, and so don't, don't underestimate how, you know, important that can be. Um, I would say for married people, invite, one thing that's helpful is invite singles into your life, even if it feels awkward, enjoy, invite them to, to kind of, to see your marriage and to see what your family looks like. One of the best things for singles is seeing what marriage actually looks like and what parenting actually looks like. And you need to invite them into your home in order to do that. That's all coming from a certified introvert. So it's got to <laughs> be true. <Yeah. laughs> Very good, Josh. That was that was packed full. I, I hope that uh, everybody who's watching, following along, um, you can go back and rewind that. Um, I know I'm I'm probably going to need to, but I mean to sum it up, basically, it's the same for single people as it is for married people. We need to come back to that central truth that our marital status is not the truest thing about any of us, um, and we need to first see one another as brothers and sisters in Christ before we attach any other labels to one another, um, and to act accordingly. Um, Ashley, what about, what about you? From your perspective, if you could just, uh, you know, talking to all the married <laughs> folks out there, uh, what, is, what are some things that you wish married people knew? Yeah, I mean, I think Josh kind of touched up on everything, but um, yeah, there are a couple things that I'd like to elaborate on. Um, one, I mean, I completely agree with Josh as far as pushing and encouraging single individuals to holiness before marriage, before becoming a spouse, just remembering that. Our goal at the end of the day is serve, worship, please the Lord. And, you know, it's not marriage. <laughs> marriage is not my goal, <laughs> you know, with everything, with all that I am. Um, but as far as what's hurtful and helpful, um, I think one hurtful thing that, well, one thing that I've received as hurtful is a lot of women have compared their singleness journey to mine. And for them, their singleness journey was very dark and depressing mm. and lonely and hard and they would kind of put that on me as if that's what my journey had to be too you know mm -hmm. so they would kind of approach me as if you know how is it uh, how's life are you dating yet oh you know and you know they would kind of look at it as a disease kind of as Josh was saying but just the way that you approach it and I don't know I used to be a little bit more considerate you know who I am how I'm doing because I'm actually not lonely and I wasn't really thinking of my singleness as a bad thing until you approached it in that way <laughs> mm. or um you know maybe I should be like oh does this mean that I have to be lonely if everyone perceives singleness as lonely and mm. honestly I I'm pretty open about it I've been single my whole life I've never had a boyfriend I mean there have been guys that have come close some guys that shouldn't have come close but never had a boyfriend and um, amen <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just I mean this goes on to the earlier topic but you know, recognize that I'm pretty content in my singleness and please don't ruin that by throwing the word loneliness mm. and depression and, you know, all these negative terms to my journey. Um, but recognize, yeah, I'm good. Thanks for asking, but I'm good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's been one hurtful thing is just some, you know, now married people comparing their loneliness journey to mine and saying that it automatically is depressing because that's what yours was. Um, so I don't know if you've experienced that too, Josh, but maybe it's a woman thing. I don't know. <laughs> but um, as far as what's helpful, I would agree too with Josh as far as letting, you know, letting single people in because I have so many great married friends. I 
yeah, I, yeah, all my married friends I love and I've never been offended, honestly, by them. I think I am in a place where I can respect the boundary of, you know, what married life is like versus what single life is like, but also doesn't mean that we can't be friends anymore. Like, please, let's go out to coffee. Let's go on a walk. Let's talk. And I appreciate um, when my married friends, like, they'll tell me what's going on in their marriage. They'll tell me like, oh, they'll talk about in-laws. They'll talk about their husband. But, you know, in a way that how can I grow? This is what I'm struggling with. Pray for me. And it becomes preparation, I think, for me. This is what I need to look for. These are things I need to be aware of going into a marriage, you know, one day. And I think having married friends and having people who let me in has really prepared me more and given me a more realistic perspective of what marriage is and has helped me realize maybe this is why I'm not married today, you Mm. know? (laughs) Um, But also this isn't something that I want today. So I don't know. I think it's really good to have a realistic perspective because I don't know if someone were to lay out what marriage was going to be when you first entered into it, would you have immediately jumped on it? Probably not. Right. (laughs) So I feel like that's what my married friends are doing for me is, giving me those realistic, you know, trials and victories. But yeah, it's just been good preparation to be let into my married friends' lives. And yeah. Wow, that was great content. (laughs) And uh, let me affirm you that uh, I did not have a good look at marriage going into marriage Mm because I didn't have a ton of married friends when I was in college. I didn't grow up with a dad. And I probably could have saved myself a lot of stupid statements, a lot of stupid thoughts, uh, if I would have had a broader perspective on what it's like. Uh, And I think the part, you know, growing up an only kid that hit me the most was sharing passions, you know, because I didn't have to share. If I wanted this, I went there. If I wanted that, I went there. And so a question we have is like, how do you embrace being single Uh, But I mean this in a good way. So like, for example, when you sit down on the TV, if you want to watch something that's more full of tears, you don't have someone else saying, I want explosions, right? And then you have to work out some type of arrangement or uh, fine, let's watch what you want to watch. Or if you are trying to decide what to eat and you hear the word cheeseburger, but you're wanting a salad, you're like, well, what cheeseburger place has a good salad, right? You don't have to go through these things. So in that kind of light, you know, how do you embrace being single, Ashley? Like, share with us that. Yeah, I I touched on it a little bit, but honestly, and I'm sure Josh can agree, but it's learning to be content with where you are and also learning to be content with the relationships that you do have. So you bring up, you know, kind of the compromise or what you need to work through as a married couple and being considerate of that person with every decision. And so I think I'm learning that as a friend, as a roommate, I'm learning, okay, this is, you know, kind of what her schedule is like. This is kind of, you know, what's okay with her. And so, you know, kind of just remembering too, like I mentioned before, at the end of the day, like I'm submitted to the Lord. And Mm -hmm. part of that is learning how to love others. And so I think just being in relationship with other people and generally learning how to love others and how to be considerate. I think as a single person, we're able to learn that through the relationships that we have outside of marriage right now. Okay. Let me Uh, dig a little bit deeper. Can you tell me like, what's that moment where you're like, Oh man, I'm so glad I'm not married. You know what I mean? (laughs) Where you just kind of like embrace it. Like, Oh, Oh, it's definitely, it's definitely just my independence. Like I, you know, being around married couples, they constantly, oh, let me ask my husband, no, let me do this, let me think about this, and for me, I just freely get to pick up and go, I get to pick up and do what I want, you know, my schedule isn't attached to anybody else, so it's moments where I, like, I want to go to the beach today, and I just, you know, can call up my sister, and we can just go, or, you know, I want to I don't know, just the freedom as a single person. I love the fact that I can pursue a master's without having to consider, you know, my husband's life, my husband's job, you know, my kids' schools, my kids' teachers, friends. You know, I'm just thinking about myself. So as far as pursuing master's, it was pretty easy for me to decide, you know, why not, Ash? <laughs> you don't really have yeah. any strings, heavy strings attached here, so you can. So 
I think that's one area where I'm just like. Great answer. Great answer. I love that. Yeah. Take advantage of your freedom, girl. Have some Mm -hmm. fun. Josh, what about you, man? Yeah, man. There's, you pointed out some great things, I think, before I get down to maybe some more serious answers. Like there, there are so many just great benefits that you can, that come with singleness. Um, A big one, honestly, is, is financial freedom too. In a lot of ways, you kind of talked about having your own passions and stuff like that. And, and I think one thing that's great with that is that sometimes the thing that things that you're passionate about cost money. Um, Mm. And, and as a single person, you're more free to, to spend more money on those things that you love doing. Um, You know, for me, a lot of times that's like playing guitar, playing electric guitar, and that can, (laughs) that can be very expensive. Um, And so not having to have that burden of like, okay, I actually can't do this because I need to support my family. And like, you know, um, so I think there are just a lot of, a lot of benefits from that. I think, you know, you had mentioned like what, what makes you think like, oh, I'm so glad I'm not married. You know, a lot of my, my friends are married, which is great. Um, but a lot of them got married, um, at a very young age. And so they were married young and a lot of them were, were still in school at the same time. Mm. And I watched and God did great things through their lives and through their marriages through that season. But for me personally, I look at that and I think I'm so thankful that, mm. that I didn't have that in my own life that I was able to, you know, do my bachelor's degree, do my master's degree, um, without having, you know, to figure out how to be a husband. Mm. You know, I didn't have that burden because there was already, there's already enough burden for me and figuring out how to pass seminary and work a full-time job, um, you know, and stuff like that. Um, and so, yeah, those are kind of, I guess, some of the maybe more fun answers to some of the questions you were asking. Yeah. Well, and you were trying to figure out how to work for John Harrell. So, I mean, that's always, you know, he had, he set some high standards. And, what uh, more could you possibly want or need? Yeah. No, so, yeah that was a lot to figure out, Josh. I commend you. <laughs> well, hey, you know, kind of along those lines and taking it a little bit deeper, you know, in first Corinthians chapter seven, you know, Paul talks about, uh, you know, he, he talks about the, the value of singleness which I can't remember the last time I heard a sermon preached on that. Well, when we went through first Corinthians recently. So sorry, Eric. Uh, first, I'm not as memorable as Josh and Ashley. I get it. <laughs> I don't take offense. But in first Corinthians chapter seven, Paul writes to the unmarried and Paul was one of them to the unmarried and the widows. I say that it's good for them to remain single as I am, but if they cannot exercise self-control, they should marry. He says to uh, oh, I'm sorry. If I, if I back up here, he says, now as a concession, not a command, I say this, I wish that all were as I myself am. Mm. Uh, that is, I wish all were just like me. And, and Paul was, you know, the quintessential single. I mean, he just, he did. He picked up and he went. God told him to go to Macedonia in a vision and he picked up and he went. He, he didn't have, you know, people who relied on him in the way that you know, marriage and the family structure kind of creates that. Um, so there is value, of course, to singleness when it comes specifically, as Paul writes, to ministry and the ministry of the church. And so why don't you just briefly, this is our last question. Why don't you, why don't you guys just speak to that a little bit, Josh? How has singleness impacted your spiritual life or the ministry that God has placed in your life? Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, the foundation of that kind of as as Ashley had mentioned in the previous um, question, I would say the foundation of that really is contentment. That Mm. if there's anything in order for you to see the benefit of that verse in first Corinthians seven, it, that it really has to be founded on contentment. Um, And the idea that, that you can be completely satisfied in Christ and and Mm. have, everything you need in Christ. Um, a great, just real fast, a great definition that I found of contentment was internal satisfaction, which does not demand changes in external circumstances. And so the, is that the the one you wrote in your book? 
<laughs> um, and so the idea that that there is an internal satisfaction that comes from um, knowing and being known by Christ, and that's mm. not dependent on the circumstances in your life, whether you're um, married or or whether you're single. So I think it, it has to be in order for you to see the benefit of singleness. Um, just in ministry in general, in your life, it has to be founded on that contentment um, really for it to work. But with that in mind, there's so many ways that singleness has impacted my, my spiritual life. God has used it greatly um, in my life to help me grow. Um, some of the things that I thought of, it, it has helped me genuinely believe that Christ is all I need. Um, it's helped me realize that even when everyone else's circumstances around me, um, are different than mine, um, that's okay. Um, and, and I can trust and be content that, that Christ is genuinely enough. Amen. There's, there's kind of this idea in our, our culture. I've even seen, I watch a lot of like Christian memes and stuff. And like, I even saw, I even saw one this morning too. There was like this picture of this sad person and it was like, Jesus, please like, don't let the world end yet. I'm still single. Um, and that's kind of, sometimes it's funny, but it's true. Like sometimes that's kind of how people singles think about singleness to a certain degree is kind of like, I want Jesus to be back, but like not before I have the chance to like get married and have kids. And, mm. you know, the, the underlying thing that you're saying in that is essentially that Christ isn't enough for you because the reality is it, it will be a beautiful and glorious, right. absolutely glorious moment when Christ returns. And if you yep. are um, single on that day and you're a believer, you will be rejoicing at, at, <laughs> at the coming of Christ. It will be so glorious and, and majestic and beautiful and something so to look forward to, you know? And so it's given me the right perspective on that Christ is, is genuinely enough. I don't need to be married before Christ returns or have kids before Christ returns or have sex before Christ returns. Christ is enough. Mm -hmm. That's all I need, right? Yeah. That's um, one. Josh, you just took a single question and tied it into eschatology. Yeah, I think you really are becoming a little mini theologian, man. I love um, but, theology, though. <laughs> but it's a it's a good point, though. If if Jesus comes to take us, and, and I'm playing with this a little bit, and on your way up to Jesus, you're looking down, going, "Man, I wish I could have stayed longer." Really have a low view of Jesus. Absolutely. That's right. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. So it's really helped me grow in having the right perspective. It's really helped me grow in having patience in, in trusting that what, what's difficult with the patience ask, it's difficult being patient when you look around and like everyone else is married around you. Basically. Mm -hmm. um, it's really challenging to be patient. And so obviously we learn, in, as we've learned in Galatians 5, the fruit of the spirit, that patience is something that God deeply desires um, us to have in our lives. And so it's a, it's a patience that has grown, not in the sense of, okay, I can be patient because I know that God's going to provide me with the spouse. That's not genuine patience. That, that's mm -hmm. false patience. Um, patience is I'm going to wait on the Lord's timing. And if his timing is for me not to be married, not to have a spouse, then that is okay. And, mm -hmm. and I will be okay. Um, and so growing in that sense of having patience in my life and trusting that, that God is going to work all things, um, for my good, I can be patient in that. It has also, it's forced me to pray to God deeply. And yet at the same time to trust that God answers prayers according to his own sovereign purposes. Um, I do genuinely, it's what a beautiful thing that God even that God even listens to us. If you think about yeah. the magnitude of that statement, that God in his, in his majesty and being almighty, that he would even care to listen to what I have to say, let alone care about the things that are going in my, on in my life. And that I could actually ask him to provide me 
with a spouse. That's a beautiful thing that, that, that we can do. Um, and so part of it is praying and knowing that God does want to know what's on my heart and I can pray, God, please provide me with the spouse. I do desire to have a spouse, to have kids, to have a family in the future, but ultimately I trust your divine plan in this area of my life. Um, and so help me to trust you, help me to wait, but I'm still going to keep asking and keep mm -hmm. trusting um, no matter, you know, what the, the outcome is going to be. Another mm -hmm. aspect is that it's allowed me to be more generous with my finances as well. We kind of talked about the idea that you could spend more money as a single on your passions, but I think it's also a great opportunity to be incredibly generous um, with your finances, not only generous with your finances, but also generous with your time as well. Um, because you have more of it than, than, than married people do. And so you can be very generous with those things. I can serve in a lot of ways in the church, even outside of my, my normal job. You mm. know? So it's my normal role at church. I do a lot of things, but I still have a lot of time. So I can also still serve at church and be generous with my time as well. And so those are some of the things that, um, the ways that singleness has impacted my own life. That's great. Really, really good. Ashley, what about, what about you? I mean, how is it specifically for you personally, how has uh, being single uh, informed your spiritual life and shaped your ministry? Yeah, honestly, I would say being single has been the greatest benefit to everything that I've been involved in. Um, but I mean, for one, it has taught me to be just really independent with my faith and my relationship with the Lord. Like I look and I love the accountability that a marriage has in their relationship with the Lord and following and being committed to the church. And so I think it's a beautiful thing to be able to recognize that and, you know, be in community with, you know, other believers still and still have the independence and um, just that strong relationship with the Lord. Um, but also to touch on what Josh was saying is recognizing and I, this is something that I learned to, um, in high school, as early as high school, and I'm so glad I learned this, but someone told me, you know, God doesn't promise marriage in the Bible, like marriage is not a promise to everybody, and I had to recognize, you know, am I going to be content in my singleness, and that means marriage or not, are you going to be content, and so I had to ask myself, okay, Ash, I love you, you know, God's telling me that he loves me, and he has all these plans for me, but what if that doesn't include marriage, am I still going to love him, am I still going to serve him, am I still going to worship him, Yes, <laughs> like Amen. I recognize, you know, marriage is really just a bonus to life, but so can singleness, you know, and so um, I just kind of, I don't know, I, I didn't really idolize marriage as much as a lot of other people have, which I've seen, and so I think it's, it, it's been important to me just to have that mentality of marriage isn't a promise to everybody, and so not having that standard, because a lot of people will hold that and say, all right, God, I'm here, I'm 24, graduated college in my career, ready to be married tomorrow, you know, and it's like, that's not what scripture says, that's not, you know, a valid promise in the Bible, and so I think learning that at an early age um, really helped shift my singleness mentality of being content, um, but also because I've been single, I've been able to serve in ministries that I probably never would have <laughs> huh. I've been married five years ago. Um, but it's crazy because I hear this question. I'm thinking of all the areas that I've served and literally, I think I've served in almost every ministry of the church <laughs> as far <laughs> as nursery, kids, you know, BBS, junior high, high school, college, missions. Um, it's crazy to think that I've only served, uh, not only, but one of the main reasons is because I'm just available, you know, and I just, I, I have the time to do it and there's a need. So Lord use me. And it's crazy. Cause I look back and I look at, you know, what he's taught me by serving in those ministries, what I've learned, how I grew, um, you know, what was exposed in myself. And so I think it's really cool just for me to look back, um, on every single season of, my singleness and how he's used me in different areas of ministry. And I've learned the ministries that, in, that I enjoy and the ones that I don't enjoy, the ones that I'm really passionate about and the ones that I'm not so passionate about. Um, but I think 
that has been a big help. And I've just learned a lot just by being able to serve and being available to be in ministry, you know, more than I would have if I had five kids and a husband right now. So. Yeah. Well, and that that's just fantastic because it's also very biblical. You know, you look at that First Corinthians 7 passage, it's very clear. And, and it's like married people have worldly passions and worldly desires where single people can worry about godly things and godly desires. And, you know, that's that's just a great side of this to, to not lose sight that it's not an illness and a lot of good can come from it and a lot of serving the Lord and a lot of joy from knowing you're doing what he wants you to do and you're doing it because you're available to do it. You're not hurting another relationship. You're not letting someone down. You're not trying to pick between two, two people. You get mm-hmm. to just serve and give at a level that's harder in a married life because you have more things to consider. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I appreciate both of you for coming on the podcast. Um, it's been great to hear um, the deeper impacts and really how rooted in God's word both of you have been to this process and uh, the joy you see and where God has you and your willingness to trust him in this. And that's amazing. So I want to say thank you and, and also give you an opportunity if you wanted to add anything, Ashley, are you good or you want to add anything? Just closing Christ is enough married or not single or not widowed divorced um, at the end of every day I would hope and pray that every believer would find their contentment and joy in the Lord alone <laughs> awesome. Josh what about you yeah absolutely I wholeheartedly agree with what Ashley said one thing I think that just we didn't mention a whole ton we talked kind of a lot about what are some things that that you know, married people can be doing to serve um, singles, but it's, it's a, it's a two-way street too. There, there are also some things that singles need to be doing as well. We already talked about contentment, but one thing that I do see, I think, in a lot of younger singles is um, just this kind of frustration when it comes to um, spending time with um, married people. Um, and it's almost like I, I, I've seen, you know, people just almost feel like so frustrated that they can't hang out with, with married people because it just mm-hmm. frustrates them so much. And so, you know, mm-hmm. one thing I would really encourage you in, in your season of singleness, whatever that looks like for you, is, is understand that if you're so frustrated that you can't hang out with married people, that's a problem in your own heart. Um, that, that you need to deal with. And most likely you're, you're potentially idolizing marriage. You are potentially being jealous. Uh, you're potentially mm. coveting. Um, you're being discontent. And all of those things are, kind of, are going to prevent you from having the abundance of joy that you can have in Christ. Sometimes mm. there's this idea that like, I, I can't really have the abundance of joy in Christ if I'm single. And that's just a lie. It's, com- it's completely false. And so my encouragement yep. would be um, work through those, some of those things. You know, if you're experiencing those frustrations in your own heart to come to a place where you can hang out, you can be content, you can experience the fullness of joy um, that Christ has for you. And then I think you're really just going to enjoy just hanging out and building relationships with people, regardless of whether or not they're single or married. Cool. So uh, again, I want to say thank you. My wrap up will be this. Um, Something Ashley said, I just think needs to be restated. She said that marriage is not my idol. Uh, And if you're married, you know this to be true. If marriage was your idol, uh, your (laughs) spouse let you down. No spouse can bear the weight of only what Jesus was meant to be. And so uh, that's just a great reminder for married people that uh, your spouse is not your Jesus. And if you're single, uh, that other person is not your Jesus. Only Jesus satisfies. And so I love seeing that in both of you. Thank you guys for coming on. Uh, Hand it over here to John. All right. You've been listening to the LBC podcast, a podcast of Laurel Glen Bible Church in Bakersfield, California. 
If you liked listening to this podcast, please share it with a friend and hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on all new podcasts. Thank you for listening and God bless you. We'll see you next time. Bye.